This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what we hope to be a fantastic episode of RFR Rundown. That is Raiders Fan Radio Rundown. That's where we hit all the hottest news topics of the week in terms of Raider Nation. And don't you know, it's finally freaking week one. And so let's welcome in my co-host, my good friend, my best cousin from the Pacific Northwest, dodging flames as we speak, Sonny. You hear that, Ryan? Best cousin. What up, Murph? <laughs> Glad to be back here. Uh, this is the second time in a row for me, so I'm excited to uh, kind of get back on the swing of things here, man. And it's week one. Like like yesterday, Murph, when that game came on, despite being one of the most hated teams in, in, uh, our, in, our, in our fan lore, how did it feel to watch football again after everything we've been through for the last six, seven months? Absolutely fantastic. It, it was wonderful to go to, to sit down, you know, had a frosty adult beverage, had the uh, the made men chat up and running, had Twitter up and going, uh, watched all the pregame, watched and, it, you know, kick off and everything. And uh, man, I was so fired up. And then the Texans score. And I'm like, all right, here we go, man. And then then that was it. Then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> then I went all Murph and drank my feelings away because it was like, what the heck, man? I'm like, what a ridiculous outcome to the rest of that football game. And all I, I'll say this, dude. If anything, last night we learned that while our Raiders are drastically improved, we got a long road ahead of us, man, before we're competing for AFC titles, don't we? It reminded me the best part of being a Raiders fan over the last 20 years has been the offseason. Because once the season hits, it's like a reality check. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, this is our competition. Oh, oh yeah, this, this is what we're at, you know? Uh, Chiefs look good, man. As much as I hate them, they, they've built the right way. And, and, you know, they got some salary cap issues, I think, coming up in the next couple of years. So, so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that team together. But they are the benchmark right now. They are, man. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy how good they are. And, you know, they didn't drop off 
at all from last season. If anything, their defense no. looks improved. And then you add in this, you know, the fresh Prince of Hell Air, uh, the Clydesdale. I mean, he's already got two cool nicknames, uh, even though he's a chief. And yeah, man, it, they're 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 going to be dangerous. So, uh, uh, but anyways, but yes, it felt great to get back to NFL football. I'm jonesing for it today, man. Here we are, Friday, uh, and and then we got Saturday to go. A little college football tomorrow, and then of course the Raiders with the home opener. So real quick, before we jump into the to the to the goofiness of this show as as and uh, and the fun of Raider talk, uh, I would uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention that today is 9/11. Uh, today is the day that uh, 19 years ago those attacks happened on New York, uh, the World Trade Center, and uh, the Pentagon, and the plane 90, uh, flight 93 that went down in Pennsylvania. And so uh, let's take a minute and uh, first off, you know, prayers up for all the people that were impacted that day, all the people that continue to be impacted that day, all the first responders uh, from that day, and the lingering effects from that day. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a um, there's a lot that went into that. It was a long-lasting effect. Uh, Mosh and I were talking the other night, Sonny, about some of the images that came from from mm. that time, not just that day, but that time. You know, the president throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Um, but anyways, let's let's get a little uh, just a, a little moment of silence, a little quiet time here. But before we do that, Sonny, how about you, man? You got anything to say on it before we do that? Um, yeah, it's, it's really eerie right now for me. I'm up here in Oregon and there's fires essentially everywhere around me. Uh, over, over, I think it's 500,000 people have been evacuated from their homes up here in Oregon. And there's a huge gratefulness towards first responders, towards firemen as they're fighting these fires and stuff like that. And so it's an eerie reminder at how fragile human life is. But it's also a reminder of that some of these trivial things we let get in between us really don't matter. And at the end of the day, we're all trying to survive and thrive and, and, and live, with, live a good life with our families and stuff like that. So, so in the face of tragedy, oftentimes a beautiful coming together happens. And that definitely happened on 9-11 and it's happening now up here in Oregon. And so I'm grateful for that. And uh, as I sit back and just, just remember on um, you know, just how good life can be, but also I'm reminded of that often when, when tragedy happens. Amen, dude. Patriot Day, uh, a lot of folks are referring to it as today. But anyways, let's, let's go ahead and take a quick minute, and then, uh, and then we'll jump into some Raiders talk. A historic season is upon us. As this fall, the autumn wind hits the desert. The home of the Las Vegas Raiders. The architects have been hard at work. We're going to pull the trigger and make you a Las Vegas Raider. Building speed, power, and toughness. I'm trying to go win this Super Bowl so we can hang one of these banners. And finally, those elements come together. A new era of the silver and black. Let the pillaging of opponents begin. Just win, baby. Dude, come on. Ah, is that not fire you up, man? Ah. Just win, baby. It's good. I can't wait. Dude. I can't Pick wait. One. Ah, the reality of the season is here, Sonny, but we still have optimism, at least for now. <laughs> At least until the second quarter starts the first game. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, okay. So, so let me ask you this, man. So I got, I'm going to play a, another little uh, audio clip here of the fundamentals of week one, but really quick before I play that, 
how important is this game for Sonny? Like, I mean, look, it's the NFL, so every game is important. And, you know, you, you'd like to think that, you know, one loss doesn't, you know, dictate your season and whatever. But doesn't it feel like, I don't, even though this is a non-divisional game, it's not on prime time, it's not like against a high-ranking opponent, it's not against a division favorite even, but doesn't it feel like, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. To me, it feels like this feel. It feels must winny. It feels like it's a big deal. Am I making a bigger deal out of it than it is? What do you think? I think you are. Uh, yes, week one. Yes, you want to start the season on a high note. Yes, you want to win on the road. Yes, it would. Yes to all that. But this is a weird. This is a weird year. There's been no preseason games. So I don't know if you read Gruden's quote from earlier today when they asked him how does he feel his team is. He said, "I don't know. I've seen four or five live snaps of my football team." So, so we don't know how wow. these teams are going to look, you know, because there's been no preseason games, right? At, at the same time, next week is the Raiders' big game, the first game in Vegas. That's a must-win, man. That's a must-win game in September. I would say because it's going to be in front of your home fans, <laughs> but there's nobody going to be there. <laughs> but it's still the first game in Vegas, you know, and 20 years from now, we can either be saying – who, who was the Raiders' first victory? Did the Raiders win, you know, the very first game ever in Vegas? So this is like, this is a big deal to me. So this game, this is kind of like the warm-up game. I'm expecting, like, rugs and car to maybe run different routes or than expected. I'm expecting a lot of, like, mishaps, so to say. But this is kind of like the fine-tuning game because next week, that's the game that we we got to win that game up, upcoming. But, uh, but, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of it and stuff like that. But this game to me, it's a fine-tuning game. Fine to get right on. That that makes a lot of sense, and you know that's the thing that we're gonna with the lack of preseason, right? Like all yeah. those young players would have been getting snaps. They all would have been getting time to gel. They all would have been getting. Thankfully, and I think this might be an advantage for the Raiders. The positions that really need a lot of time have already been established. The gel of our offensive line, like though that core group has been together for a long period of time. Um, Carr and Hudson, like you, know, we're not gonna have to worry about like fumbled exchanges yeah, 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 yeah. and like you know what I mean, like those kinds of things, or or the, the you know the the key components of the offense like needing to be learned. Like this is Derek's third year in the system. This is Hudson's third year in the system. Like these guys, even even Miller and all, like, so all the different protection packages and all that. Jacobs is now starting year two. So in terms of like pass blocking and like things like those things, they're not going to have to worry about figuring out where like an opponent, like the freaking, um, uh, like the Panthers, like Bridgewater's figuring all this stuff out for the first time. Like he's, you know what I mean? It's got new coaches. There's new players. There's new, everything across the board is, or a lot of it anyways, is brand new to them. And we're going to hear some of the players talk about that here in a minute. But anyways, let's jump into this thing. It's pretty cool. I don't know if the Raiders are going to do this all year or not. Can I speak to that real quick? Yeah, real quick? please. Yeah. My, my, I agree with you on the offensive line and the running back and, 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 and car. But at the same time, we have, we're just going to start two rookies at wide receiver. I wonder when the last time that's happened, right? Ruggs and Edwards are going to be our starting one and two. And I don't know if that's ever happened in the, in the history of the game. It'd be interesting to go, go and look at that. So while everything else is going to gel, the, the, the audibles, you know, and hey, you were supposed to run a slant here when you ran a corner. Is that going to lead to interceptions and stuff like that, right? Uh, so that's my, my, that's my, my biggest fear going into this game. And Ruggs said earlier today, this will be the first time he's ever even been to like an NFL stadium. Like he never went to a game as a kid, never went to a game in college. This is his first NFL experience and it matters. Like the preseason's gone. 
So those two rookies, I'm going to be watching them really closely. Interesting. That's a very interesting point. That's a very, and I, you know, I guess good news would be is that coming out of Tuscaloosa, I mean, that's about as close as you can get to the pro experience. I mean, frankly, sure, a bigger sure. crowd in Tuscaloosa than you would normally get at an NFL state or same thing playing on the road in Neyland stadium. You play on the road against UT in front of 109,000 people. It's like a lot of pressure. So he's used to pressure. He's used situation. to that, at least yeah. that environment, at least. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so the Raiders are doing these fundamental videos. I don't know if they're going to do this every week, but Tell me what you think about this. So this is interesting because you and I like take it in for what it is, but then also want to have a discussion about kind of like what it is. Cause these are the fun things I like talking to you about um, because it feels like, look, I, Raider nation's a pretty educated fan base, right? Like, I mean, for, we, the, for the most part, for the most Twitter part on Sundays, well, that's different. We're irrational as hell, but in terms of like <laughs> knowledge of the game though, we're, we're sure, pretty sure, well educated. Sure, sure. This felt a little dumbed down to me, but it was still kind of cool. Anyway, this is kind of like the prequels, Sonny. It's like you can appreciate them for what they are, but eh, it feels like it kind of missed. Tell me what you think. The Las Vegas Raiders kick off their inaugural season this Sunday, September 13th, on the road against the Carolina Panthers. For the season opener, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, has chosen to play with no fans in attendance. This week one contest will be an exciting test for both returning Raiders head coach John Gruden and new Panthers head coach Matt Rule. The Raiders defense will be awaiting a new quarterback in Carolina as Teddy Bridgewater will suit up in Panthers gear for the first time this season. On the ground, a highly anticipated matchup is set between two star running backs in Raiders running back Josh Jacobs against the Panthers Christian McCaffrey. There is a lot to look forward to, so get ready, Raider Nation, because the 2020 season is finally here. What the hell is that? <laughs> who, who, who's that geared to, right? Like, that's like some early 90s wannabe, like, boom, you know, music. Like, like both the voiceover, like, what the hell is that, man? Didn't it who's feel like geared to? It felt a little like a training video, didn't it? If, if, if. If this is geared towards like your standard Las Vegas fan because they haven't been football fans in a while, then this is this is not gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> okay. All right. So your your takeaway is the same as jo mine. Josh Jacobs is the running back for the Raiders. He usually lines up three <laughs> yards behind Derek Carr for each play in the game. Yeah, like come on. Like what? Yeah, and it was a fun little like fun. The little video, like the little like block animated characters going along with it oh, and I stuff. Didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah, so you could see. Where do you find this? Is? It's this I, I I don't know. It came across like the Raiders Instagram or something. I don't remember. Okay, but yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, all right. So your takeaway was the same as mine. All right, all right. So let's move off from that one. Let's go into something really cool. Now, uh, we're huge fans of Brian Baldinger around here. Uh, Brian Baldinger does uh, now. It's turned into an actual television show on NFL Network. The breakdowns, and the all breakdowns. That he started doing yeah, Baldy's yeah, yeah. breakdowns, and he started doing doing them on Twitter, where yep. he's just basically like holding up his phone to the you know to the the telecaster, whatever the film thing software things that they use there, and and he's scrolling around. And, okay, so you're not going to be able to see the video. I love the passion in this man's voice um, about the Raiders. And dude, this one gave me, like, I started getting like, rah, like ready to run through the freaking wall after this one. Because uh, anyways, we, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to try to tell you what he's going to do. I'll just play it for you and let, let you all decide for yourselves. I know the Raiders have packed up, left East Bay and moved to Vegas. 
He's like breathing hard already, Sonny. You hear that? They made the they ran for Vegas. And I know there's no fans. Do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At Allegiant Stadium, but man, it's been quiet. He's like preaching. Man, it's been quiet. Remember, they did get this man in free agency. Bam! Remember this day in South Philly in 2007, Jason Witten, an iconic moment in NFL history. Without the helmet. He's bringing some toughness to a team that had this man in a breakout season. How about this play that John Gruden dialed up at mile high last year? Four receivers to the wide side and the breakout star in the NFL, Darren Waller, on that tight end screen. And here it is. I mean, he hit the gas pedal right here. 90 catches last year. Will Parks with a shoestring saving touchdown tackle right there. And then they picked up rugs. They picked up rugs in the draft. Just get him the ball. Get it to him in space. And let him hit that gas pedal. I mean, no pursuit can stop rugs. I like what I hear about him coming out of the desert. And then quietly, oh so quietly. Remember Brian Edwards? He played for South Carolina. 6'3", 215 pounds. He's having a great camp. This is a first touchdown against Georgia last year. They quieted the Bulldog Nation down right there in Athens, Georgia. But we all know what the Raiders are all about. Trenton Brown, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Richie Incognito, Colton Miller. Can I get a little Alec Ingold coming in motion Alec against Ingold. the Bears week five last year? Ingold going to throw the blade on Khalil Mack. And then the boys did the rest. Josh Jacobs. Oh, he can find the alley. Right down Highway 77, Trenton Brown in the end zone, rolling around, two tons of fun. Man, that looks like fun. I want to see what the Raiders can do. Can we get them a little bit of love, please? Can we get Josh Jacobs and the boys a little bit of love? I like the way they played up front. Let's put it together. That's what I'm talking about, no. Sonny. Let's f***ing go, bro. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty good. I gotta go clean my shorts real quick. Okay, right <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! My glasses are all fogged up. I'm sweating, man. I'm like, yeah. Well, and I was thinking the other day, isn't this the most excited you've been for a Raiders season in, in a while? Like, like the young nucleus. This is like. In a weird way, I'm excited about Carr because either he either he's going to prove he's good or we're going to go move on. You know, like this is like there's a lot to be excited for this year. You know, the move to Vegas, Josh Jacobs got these two studs at wide receiver. Jonathan Abram is back. We got some additions to the to the defense. Like, there's a lot of like what I perceive as genuine excitement. And I was trying to think when's the last time I was this excited. And I think it was going into 2017. Remember that year? Oh yeah. Off 2016, yeah. we were 12 and four. We were all, you know, we were the darlings of the NFL. Then Carr breaks his leg, and then we then we kick out. I forget who the offensive coordinator was that we kicked out, and we brought Musgrave. in Todd Downing. Yeah, it was Musgrave. We brought in Downing. We thought Downing and Carr are best friends. This is going to be great. And then we all know the story that happened there. But like, this is the most excited I've been. And he and Baldinger's right. Like that offensive line, that's nasty offensive line. Except when you get to Colton Miller. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got all, all these studs and Colton Miller. <laughs> and stuff, you know? uh, but I agree, man. I'm, I'm hyped. You know, I think it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm trying to like, as always, as a Raiders fan, you taper your expectations because we all know how it goes. But 
I'm anticipating the mishaps, but I think this is going to be a fun team. And I think this is the building of like, remember the nucleus we had a couple years ago? It was, it was Gabe Jackson, Matt Carr. We had that uh, Latavius Murray. I think this is the next evolution of that nucleus coming coming up. Absolutely. And you know, I, I think what the difference is, is that because we're always, ever, I mean, every year we're fired up. And I and I think that we've even made comments like that before. Like, this is the most we've ever been excited. Like, because I, because, but, but this one feels the most, <laughs> but this most one real. feels the most, but this time it's real. This time it's real. Uh, but, but I think the difference is, is that in the past, we've had to justify our feelings we've had to say well yeah they signed justin tuck because this well yeah they signed carlos rogers because this well, well yeah they said it was like well if, yeah they did this because they had to do this and so it felt like now like they drafted henry ruggs because they drafted henry ruggs like there's no yeah, like yeah. we're not trying to like justify it somehow we're not going well they drafted Darius Hayward bay because well they really like chad Schleans and he's probably gonna be the number one Matt guy Schwab has a lot left in the tank yeah, exactly like you know what i mean like we're not trying to justify it by looking at like an angle like no yeah, there is yeah, no yeah, angle yeah, yeah. on this team like and and frankly some of the players that have been released and, uh, you know, and I don't want to get into the weeds on the players that were released, but just, uh, I thought Ron, uh, the Raider on our show, uh, made such a great point this last week in his call on RFR live was that, I heard that this is the first time that the Raiders have not had to make decisions because the Raiders have depth. Yes. The Raiders have depth and they don't have to chase anybody no more. They can cut good players because they have better players at that position. Thank you. Very well said. Yes, that's the that's the point is that now the Raiders don't they have the luxury now of being able to choose from people not because they have to but because they want to. And, and I, I thought I thought Uncle Mosh made a great point when when he when he uh did the correlation to his plays and stuff like that like, you know, who, who like a guy they just they just cut, you know. Who was that guy going to replace on the current team? Right, like who is he better than? Who is he? He's, who is he oh, replace? oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a great way to look at it, you know. Like who are they going to replace and stuff? And so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It feels genuine. It, it's like it's a genuine excitement that I'm not expecting to win the Super Bowl. I'm just excited that we got some stud receivers. Our offensive lines clicking. Josh Jacobs is a stud. Jonathan Abrams up there. We're drafting smart, and drafting is always a you know it's always a, a crapshoot, but it just seems like the whole thing is moving in the right direction and and as a Raiders fan that doesn't always happen man so I'm I'm I'm, I'm hyped up it's, yeah it's cool. man that's it's good time to be a Raiders good stuff man you know and uh so speaking of that some of the the, the additions that we, that we've made and, and really in some of the roster choices you're the same way I am this is the first year I haven't played Madden in like 14 years and the and and sadly this was the year that now we have Henry Ruggs and Rico Gafford now on our wide receiving core which is literally well, I, I will be buying it when the new new Xboxes come out in November. Wow! Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't buy it day one. Yeah, yeah probably yeah. me too. Yeah, I'll probably do that too. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It's but, not, but, not, it's not but, a day one. But for right now, I'm going F U E A. Screw you, EA. Until I get yeah, my new here's, Xbox. Here's how excited I am, Murph. The whole entire state of Oregon is on fire. I spent the last two days trying to track down a new Raiders hat, and I found it. <laughs> that thing's legit too, by the way. All right, yeah. so speaking of that, all right, so let's hear from the two guys. So let's go to. We're going to hear from Ruggs and Gafford, and uh, let's go to Ruggs first, and uh, this is real interesting. They're asking him about his readiness. You brought it up. First time in an NFL stadium, so let's uh, let's check in with him and see what he thinks. Hey, Henry. Anthony from the Fresno Bee. Um, just, I just asked Brian this question, so I'm asking you this question. How much has Derek Carr helped you to get ready for the season opener? And also, 
are you obviously you're thinking a lot about Sunday. Are you relishing the opportunity to help the team out starting Sunday? Uh, you know, I'm definitely ready for the opportunity. Definitely, you know, ready to get it get it going and get back on the field and compete. But I mean, Derek's helped tremendously since you know since the draft, since we got started. You know, from the Zoom calls and everything, he's always been a help, someone I can call, and not only me, but you know anybody that has questions. So. You know that that that's been big to me. You know that make us, you know, helped us develop and move on, move into the offense faster. Hey Henry, uh, how how confident would you say you and Brian are coming into the season as a starting rookie receiver duo? That doesn't happen too often, do we? Uh, we're, I mean, incredibly confident. I mean, we we talk, we know that. I mean, that's a big that's a big role as starters, you know, as first year players. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's football. I mean, we came here to play football. We both, you know, played in the SEC. I feel like we know what football is, and just just come in and compete and play the game that we know how to play. And you know, it'll speak for itself. All our work. Henry, it's been a been a long time since you played an actual football game. Uh, probably the longest you've gone in your life without without playing in a game. Uh, how anxious and excited are you about getting on the field finally again uh, uh, to play? Oh, definitely. Uh, in your definitely anxious. I mean, and, and for me, it'll be my first NFL experience because I've never been to an NFL game. So there you go. You know, it'll kind of be kind of be a lot of a lot of emotions going through my head at the at the time when I first get in and probably pregame and things like that. But after the first play, once again, like I said, it's it's back to football. You know, doing what I've been doing since a kid. Love it, man. You know what? I love, uh, you know, one of the themes that's been through all these players that have been drafted, not just the Gruden era, but especially the Mike Mayock era, has been dedication to the to the sport, dedicate the work ethic, right? And the character of these young men has been top notch, man. And don't you just love that? Like, doesn't that, he doesn't sound like a rookie to me. Like, I know he's saying rookie things, you know, first experience and all that kind of stuff, but like, he doesn't sound to me like a rookie. He sounds, and I, and I think that's probably also one of the reasons that they draft players out of Alabama and Clemson. Cause when you play for Dabo and you play for Saban, you come up through a program that's going to get you pro ready. I, I was just going to say, I, I, you know, I know nothing about him prior to Alabama. All I, all I can see is him post Bama, but when you play for those high caliber organizations in college they'll cut you and next man up so he's already been in that in that in that atmosphere of if i don't if i don't put up if i don't show up and if i'm not ready i'm cut so he's already used to that mentality i think and uh yeah he definitely sounds 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 like he's got that going on progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward especially in times of need this year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated learn more about their keys to progress program and plans for 2020 at keys to progress.com good deal all right so uh all right let's hit his uh hit his speedy teammate here uh rico gafford Rico, now that you're uh, you're kind of through through camp a little bit, it's focusing on uh, the season. What do you see your role being as this team, and and how do you uh, try to embrace that? Um, honestly, you know, uh, to start off, I want to say, you know, I'm very very happy, and I'm uh, thankful the coaches believing in me. Okay, let me translate that. I'm I'm very excited for the coaches finally believing in me. Finally, I've been here for three years, and you put me on the 53. What the heck do I got to do around here, man? Let, let me. Yeah, there you go, Rico. I said it for you. And, you know, give me the opportunity to make the 53-man uh, roster. Um, whatever, you know, we do from here is up to them. Um, you know, whatever role they want me to play, I'm willing to do that. And from there, you know, I just want to continue to grow as a football player and grow as a, you know, uh, new receiver to the NFL. 
Yeah, Rico, can you uh, explain what 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 were your emotions like on cut down day? Was it the same as last year? Was it different? I mean, how did you? What did you? What were you thinking as you went through the day? Um, honestly, the the last two years, I was you know in and out of roles, rather it was offense or defense. Um, didn't really you know have a, a, a specific skill set yet. So going into uh, this offseason, you know, I knew that. Um, I was going to be playing wide receiver 100% and that, you know, in order for me to, um, you know, become a guy that is playing on Sundays, I would have to completely, um, you know, dedicate myself to working on my craft and, you know, getting better as a receiver, getting better at running, you know, different type of routes, um, just doing a bunch of stuff to where I was, you know, more confident in coming in here this year in training camp and being able to compete and, you know, doing it at a high level. I'm real happy for this guy, man. This is the guy that would be like when the when they would play the Ravens, he would be the one that would you know play quarterback the second team, right, to emulate uh, Lamar Jackson or like you know what I mean. Like he took so many different roles with this team. You love to see a guy grind it out. And and I was joking, but like you know, he spent like really this is a third year, two years on the practice squad, and now he's finally made the fifty three. I love it, man. And and you know, and if Ty Williams doesn't go down with a big injury. This might be one of those guys that's that that's a cut. You yeah. know what I mean? I know they brought Javin White back as as a direct result, but I just I just a great story, man. Great story, great guy, and absolutely look forward to seeing what kind of dynamicism he can bring to the offense. He's uh he's nice word. He's played in some games already. Murph, do you know the percentage of 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 footballs he catches when he's thrown to? Guess the percentage. Oh, it's probably like a hundred percent because he's caught two passes in live games. Hundred percent, Murph. Do you know of the catches he's caught? How many were for first downs? I do not. Hundred percent. So every time he catches the ball, which is all the time, it's for a first down. <laughs> Murph, do you know how often his catches are touchdowns? Fifty uh, percent. Every other throw. So this is a this is a guy that catches every ball thrown to him. Every time he catches it, it's a first down, and every other catch is a touch. I mean, Super Bowl. Oh, I, I, is it too early? I, I to mean, say? Rugs might have to take a back seat. I, maybe we're starting the wrong guy. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Just saying. For the record, he has two catches on his career. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby. Who forced a fumble last week? You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. Dig that beat there, man. You need some new beats, bro. I got some new stuff. Well, send me something, man. I'm sending some new stuff. That's right. like outdated now. Well, okay. Well, send me another one, man. We'll, we'll yeah, what? Because we get we get new IDs all the time. Murph, yeah. uh, Rugs and Edwards. Yeah. Remember, like when you're remember when you're in your fifth grade. Like a girl says hi to you, and then you go through like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna marry her. We're gonna have kids. We're gonna have a house. Like, <laughs> yeah. How you doing? All right. <clears throat> Rugs and Edwards, right? Jerry Rice, John Taylor, John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, Fred Bolitnikoff, Cliff Branch. Like, what if we're about to see the new oh. the new tandem of wide receivers to dominate the league for years to come? Right, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think about that when I think about Edwards and Ruggs, man. I love it, man. I love it. Well, that's, you know, why not? Could, could be. We don't know. I mean, why not? Why not? I love I, 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 one of the things that I love about our wide receiver core, and especially those two guys, 
you're talking completely different skill sets, which is exactly yes. what, well, like Boletnikov and Branch keep it on the Raiders front, or even yeah. to a certain extent, uh, well, I was going to say Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, but they actually, by the time they played together, they yeah, kind they of leveled equals. out and they were like, well, no, Br Branch, Blitnikoff are the best. Branch has beat you down the field. Blitnikoff, that possession receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I dig it, man. I dig it. Good stuff, man. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. Sonny, I have a new favorite defensive player. Like, uh, well, I say that. I got Jonathan Abram is freaking awesome. I love Mo Hurst. So there's a lot of guys on our defense. But signing Corey Littleton, I think, is one of the most underrated free agent signings of the offseason and all of the NFL. And, and you know, uh, big surprise, the Raiders were overlooked in one of the moves that we made. But every time I go back and see highlights from the Super Bowl when the Rams played uh, the Patriots, you look at the way Corey Littleton played in that game, and it's exactly everything that, that we as Raider fans have been screaming that we've needed from the linebacker position forever since Kirk Morrison. Like, it's been an awful long time since we had a field general. It's been an awful long time since we had a guy that can prowl the middle, that can scrape, that can play the run, that can defend in the passing game, that has the athleticism to get out there and run with a Travis Kelsey, you know, or I mean, or a Gronkowski or what a Jared cook. I mean, you travel, um, Hunter Henry, you look at all the, all the different guys that we're going to have to play with this year. And, and it's, it's, it's impressive in his skill set. And I love, uh, I'm going to play a clip from his last press conference here. And again, it's a guy that gets it, man. It's a guy that gets it. And this is a guy that makes you proud, uh, to have him. I'm surprised he wasn't a captain on the, on the defense. It's Kwiatkowski is who got the captain's patch. Kwiatkowski and Malik Collins were the ones that, uh, the two new guys, uh, that, that got the captain's patch. But anyways, let's go check in with, uh, with Corey Littleton. Hey, Corey, Paul Gutierrez here from ESPN. When, if ever, have you played a game that really counted in front of no fans? And what do you kind of expect to happen? And, and could that actually be a, an advantage for the defense? Um, honestly, in my opinion, I think it would be an advantage for the defense necessarily because we are going to a different stadium where the crowd can make an impact. Um, thankfully, we don't have that this year um, because we are – brand new defense. Um, we have a lot of new guys and communication is very key. Something we've been working on this whole uh, training camp time and we've been doing a great job so far. So hopefully it continues to carry over. Hey Corey, what are some of the biggest challenges when you're facing a multi-talented running back like Christian McCaffrey? Um, just like you put it, I mean, my man can do anything. Uh, he runs that offense. Um, you. Don't know where you're, where they're going to necessarily pit him, and he's always a factor within whatever type of play they're going on. Um, you just got to key him. Um, do your best to shut him down in the run game and pass game and um, make the other team use their other star players that they do have, um, force them to make some big plays that day. I was kind of just, you know, going along with uh, that question. Of course, you know, Christian Caffrey is, you know, obviously, you know, very versatile back. We can do a lot of, you know, many great things. And kind of what do you see you and the front seven uh, doing to make sure that not only you can stop the run, but also stop the pass against someone that can do as many things as he can? Um, run. Uh, we just have to play the defense that's called. Uh, know where our help is, our leverage, where somebody's fitting outside of us, or if we do have somebody uh, working with us. Um, in the past game, uh, it'd be the same exact thing. It's just basically um, relying on your brother next to you. Um, 
there's going to be a lot of situations where I'll have outside leverage on the back, uh, hoping that I have somebody working across the middle of the field, you know, just going to protect me. And that's what we do as a defense, protect our brothers. All right, Ted Graney from the Review Journal. You know, so much has been talked about you guys not having a lot of tape or not knowing what they're going to do. But on the flip side of that, given it's Teddy Bridgewater and he's kind of the guy now his first time and all that, can you actually put more pressure on him as well? Because they don't really know how they're going to respond. Is it more imperative to kind of make him uncomfortable than in a usual week, given this is kind of the first time he's been, you know, expected to be the guy? Um, guaranteed. Um in any type of uh, game plan that you have, no matter who's the quarterback, it's always to apply pressure. Uh, put them in situations where they don't always make the right choices. Um, Teddy's a smart dude that normally makes all the right choices, so we have to put him in uncomfortable situations where we can rock his game a little bit. All right, so there's a couple things about that. Like, I don't know if he's dumbing it down for reporters or if he's just trying to be protective of kind of strategies and things that, you know, game plan kind of stuff. But it's like, I just hear like football oozing out of this guy. Like when he starts talking about like, you know what I mean? Like positions on the field and protecting his brothers and like and looking out for, you know what I mean? You're just like, and, and like the continuity of the defense and all that. Like, I just feel like he just wants to like explode with like X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. But, he, you know, clearly he can't. But do you get that same sense, Sonny? Uh, I get the sense that he's a, he's a smart veteran. You know, he, he started every game since 2018. The Rams defense was, was top notch. Uh, he's had 125 tackles the last two games, high productivity in a highly productive defense. Um, at least, you know, it was from 2018 last year, they kind of fell off a little bit, but, but he's a stud dude. I, I mean, and how long has it been since you were excited, genuine excitement about Raiders defensive linebackers? Oh yeah. Right? Kurt, Kurt Morrison. I mean, like it's yeah. That long ago, it's man. been, a, you know, Rolando McClain, you know, but he felt him. I mean, the Raiders. Well, that's I mean, true. On draft night, we were excited about Rolando. McClain. Yeah, yeah. But like, remember like, you know, we had McKenzie and then we had Del Rio or like, all right, we had linebackers as coaches and GMs. They should. <laughs> why don't they know what to do with the linebacker position? Right. It was so frustrating. Sonny, here's what's really encouraging to me. Corey Littleton against the Panthers week one of 2019 finishes the day with a stat line of 14 tackles, two passes broken up, one interception, one forced fumble and a recovery. And they also held Christian McCaffrey to 19 yards when he was in Littleton specifically held him to 19 yards when he was in man coverage uh, against him. Like, dude, like this is the guy like seriously go back to what you were asking. Like, I don't know. Like it's literally Kirk Morrison because we were excited about McLean, but he sucked. He sucked like, yeah. but Morrison was the last really good middle linebacker that we had that could be able to put up. I stats mean, we had, like that. we had we had Burris. Burris was a kind of a, you know he he was a he was a fighter, but he wasn't great or anything, you know. But Littleton just he brings a presence and like respect to the linebacking core, which hasn't had that in a long time. And then you got Kowalski. Which I got him confused quit, with that Emily. Quit, quit, Kowski. Quit. What? Quit what? I'm quit. trying to talk, Murph. Quit. I'm trying to tell you something here. Quit Kowski. Quit. Yeah, the guy, quit. the guy who danced in that blurred lines video. Uh, Emily no, Kowski. that's anyway. Emily Ratajkowski or something. Isn't oh, it? okay, okay. I'm getting my Polish. Not Google that I've ever seen it. So I've heard. <laughs> anyway, Murph, what position has literally dominated the Raiders in the passing game? For umpteen years. Well, running back. Passing game. Yeah, running back. I'm thinking like Jamal Charles on screenplays. Okay. Second one. 
Uh, tight end, man. Tight end. Tight number one. You know, yeah. your favorite position and body part. <laughs> so, you know, now that we have Littleton and Quentin Narowski as our <laughs> linebacking core, like, we're going to shut down <laughs> tight ends, man. We're going to shut them down, dude. And, and, like, we're finally able to have a decent, respectable covering, covering linebackers, man. It's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. And, I, and I'm and I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm reminiscing about, you remember when TJ Carey was a, a cornerback for our team? Travis Johansberg? Yes, that's right. Travis yeah. Joseph Carey. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I have a feeling that now uh, Nick Quiddle-Littlekowski is going to become the new. <laughs> Nick can cover a lot of tight end Kowski. Kowski's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Corey Littleton, so he got his contract reworked. So, and, and a lot of folks were like, oh, he reworked his contract. Who are we going to sign? Like, because it opened up a lot of, like, free money for the Raiders. Like, an extra, like, I don't know, $8 million, $10 million, something like that. But then they didn't do anything with it. They just reworked his contract, and now they've been sitting on this cap space. Well, Sonny, well, there's a reason for that. I'm not going to explain it or tell you about it. We're going to go to uh, high-profile, high-powered NFL agent Nicole Wynn and listen to her tell you why a lot of teams, not just the Raiders, by a lot of teams won't sign a veteran player in week one. Hey guys, it's Agent Nicole Lynn. I know many fans on Twitter and Instagram have been wondering why some of their favorite NFL players have been cut and released and not picked up. Really the reason among many is probably termination pay. Termination pay is a benefit that vested NFL players get. And this just means at a high level that if they are on an NFL team in week one, their salary is guaranteed for the entire season. So a lot of teams are gonna wait until weeks two and three to sign some of these vested veterans so they don't have to guarantee their salary. That, that means that in week eight, if they change their mind about the veteran, they can cut ties and not owe anything. So this is why some of your favorite players are not signed yet. Definitely look for big moves in week two and week three. All right, so that's why Clay Matthews, Earl Thomas, what, like whatever you can go down the list right there's a lot mm -hmm. of big name guys out there Sonny my question not specifically is who but and maybe who if you got a player in mind but what position would the Raiders still want to sign a, a veteran somebody to fill in with depth or you know whether that's a third down situational type player or whatever else like what what position would the Raiders look for uh that's a good question you know, we, we don't know how the wide receivers are going to go. There's a lot of optimism there, but we don't know. So that's an unknown position in, in my my head. So were you thinking like a Des Bryanty kind of thing? Like, no, I think he causes way too many problems. Uh, I think I, I think there's a few. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a veteran wide receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a, a better edge rusher or at least a veteran edge rusher. You know, we got Crosby and that guy from Clemson. F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't furl. But and then Arden Key is making some noise. So, but we don't know. Like those are the, the Crosby was good, but is is this going to be a sophomore slump? The linebacking. I mean, linebackers. I guess were good because we got Littleton in them. So I would say either edge rusher or wide receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if he picked up uh, a veteran in one of those two spots. I got, you? Uh, that's a great call. And, and yeah, I I I've always been a fan of Clay Matthews. Like he's he's just a freaking killer. Isn't he like forty six right now. Yeah, but if I mean, you only once need you're 46, you're just older than dirt. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you only need him to come in and rush the passer on third down, 
then why not, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Farrell and, and, uh, and Crosby and key. And those guys are your, are your in and out, you know, down after down players. And then you got a pass rushing specialist like Clay Matthews. Cause you know what I mean? Like when is Clay Matthews best is not when he's playing like off ball and they even like had him like, like an off ball linebacker at times and things. And he struggled. No, man, let him put his damn hand in the dirt and let that, let that guy go and get after quarterbacks, man. Like that, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's still got that. I mean, look at Robert Mathis paid, played till he was like, 39 or something you know what yeah. i mean remember when he came in yeah. and like had had different times with uh what was it hey friends murph here from 2003 to 2016 robert mathis played defensive end for the indianapolis Colts. from 2002 to 2012 dwight freeney played defensive end for the Indianapolis Colts. They played together from 2003 to 2012. And I mixed them up. I say Robert Mathis about eight times. And I meant Dwight Freeman. Carry on. The Falcons, I think. Late was, a, Even was Reg, it? Reggie White, man. Reggie White was a stud well into his years. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking one of the most dominant tackles of all time, but like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, defensive tackles. But like, but like I'm just thinking of like how Robert Mathis was. He came in for uh for Atlanta, and I want to say it was that year they went to the Super Bowl. Like he played in that kind of role that, like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like you didn't you didn't have the the expectation of him to to be on the field all the time. It was more like a specialist type situation. So, anyways, that would be my pick, would be would be uh would be Clay Matthews. All right, um, so let's uh, let's hit the coaches real quick. Actually, I'm going to hit a break here, and then we'll hit the coaches. Patrick Claybaum with NFL Network here. Hey, folks, I know three things you might like. Do you like football? Do you like the Las Vegas Raiders? Do you like listening to things? I'll add a fourth. Do you like swag? Well, here we got Swag Jeff, Murph, Uncle Mosh. This is Raiders Fan Radio. All right, Sonny, we got two more to get to. Let's go to the, I think, the the besides maybe Derek Carr, the other guy that's on the hot seat in terms of, of the Raiders, you know, players and staff this season, and that is Paul Gunther. I think this defense is, is uh, underperformed, clearly. I don't even think. I know because I see what the numbers are, uh, and so do the rest of you. When you're ranked in the bottom eighth of the league in defense since the guy arrived and haven't improved, uh, you're on the hot seat. And especially considering the the tall order of the, the Raiders season here to start off the year, this is going to be a guy that's going to be under a lot of uh, pressure. And he's also got a very capable uh, replacement right behind him in Rod Marinelli, uh, who is our current defensive line coach. So anyways, uh, that said, let's check in with Gunther and see what he has to say about uh, really kind of the lack of film on this offense that they're getting ready to take on in Carolina. Excited for the first ball game. Uh, a lot of new pieces on our side of the ball, so uh, it's, it's going to be a good challenge on the road for us in the first ball game. But we're excited for it. I just wanted to know: Have you ever been in a situation where you're facing a head coach and an offensive coordinator who have absolutely no NFL game tape for you to study? And how do you prepare for that? Um, you know, I, honestly, you no. Know, it's the first time this has really happened, but you really just got to follow the rules of the defense. Uh, whether it's a run key, a pass key, a leverage, whatever it is in coverage. Uh, so we have rules. John's given us enough offense throughout the, uh, 
the, the course of training camp. He's got to get every play known to mankind. So he's given us enough to prepare for. So we got to go follow our rules, play sound, play with sound eyes, um, rush the quarterback, stop the run, those type of things. And obviously tackling is going to be a premium in the first uh, half of the season here with no offseason and then just the training camp. So that's the things I'm harping to our guys. Uh, play sound, play, play aggressive. Uh, don't, be, don't be worried about making mistakes play, and, and make sure we're tackling good. All right, there you go, Sonny. What do you think? The Raiders' defense is a more touchy subject than religion and politics combined. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, dude. Like, like watching the Chiefs Texans, there wasn't a lot of mishaps, but but you know those teams are pretty well intact. I mean, the Texans looked awful without Hopkins, you know, and that was just you know he's a big player, but only one player. You know, the 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 Carolina Panthers. While I think there's benefit in the fact that. You know, it was highlighted, you know, Bridgewater's new, new coach, new offensive coordinator. There was not a lot of film. We don't know what they're going to do. So that's a good thing that they're all new. But at the same time, it's bad because there's not a lot of film. And so I, I know Gruden and them were looking at like high school stuff and college stuff of those guys to see what yeah, they're looking like Baylor and videos like and stuff. Yeah. 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 So they were doing their homework the best they could. But I mean, we're, we got a lot of, you know, we got. Arnett out there on the win on the, on the outside by himself, you know, kind of on an island, and we got a lot of new guys. We're trying to gel, and so it's a crapshoot. I think it could go either way and stuff like that. You know, um, could go either way. Yeah, well, we're gonna get you know, and hopefully they'll pass the test here in week one because uh, when we go up against Drew Brees and oh, I don't know, Michael Thomas and uh, you know Alvin Kamara and like I mean, you start looking at the freaking weapons. I mean, the Saints at I mean, you're talking about one of the most prolific offenses you know, yeah. over the last how many years now? So, it, yeah. Do you, do you, do you think if, if Raiders have a bad, say they go eight and eight, uh, it was clearly the defense that held him back. Do you think Gunther's gone next year if he doesn't have a oh, good year this dude, year? I, think, I don't think he makes the end of the year. Like, you think so? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I, I, we talk a lot about Derek and him being on the hot seat and the pressure from Mariota and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, really, I think if we really boil it down and look at it objectively – Gunther's on a bigger hot seat than anyone because you think you think he's number one. I don't on think the- you know what I've I've said about like the Mariota thing. Like okay, your words can be all about Derek Carr. Your words being you know Mike Mayock, you know mm-hmm. Mark Davis, John Gruden, whatever, whatever. Your words can be anything, and you're of course you're going to support your guy. I mean that's obvious. But what do your actions dictate? And your actions said that you signed one of the probably the best backups in the league that's not Nick Foles. So your actions are telling me that, well, we're going to be ready just in case. Well, when you sign Rod Marinelli, Rod Marinelli replaces Brentson Buckner, who was not a bad D-line coach. Brentson Buckner was a pretty much an upcoming D-line coach and did a fantastic job last year. I know that that Farrell didn't have the sacks that we wanted him to have, but he was excellent in the in run defense. And oh yeah, Max Crosby came out of nowhere and had 10 sacks. Like when you and you look at the development of Mo Hurst and you look at the way that our defensive line played last year, a lot of that I believe can be attributed to the to the quality of coaching that came from Buckner. So you don't just replace him just cuz. Well, so when Rod Marinelli is available, a guy that's got a long track record with with Gruden going back to the Tampa Bay years, he's been a defensive coordinator in the league. He's been a freaking head coach in the league. That guy's now your D-line coach playing, or not playing, but like sitting right behind Paul Gunther. Like, what do the actions say? The actions say, Gunther, you better get your together or you're gone. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's time, man. It's freaking time. It's time for us to have a high profile 
defense. Like we've you've, you've been given the tools, and I know that unfortunately last year we got stuck with a few injuries, and you know, especially with Abram and a few things that that hit the Raiders early, but. You know, one of the things that defines to me talent of coaching is your ability to adjust, your ability to make the best out of the out of the you know the pieces that you've been given. And unfortunately, Paul Gunther has not been able to do that. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. There hasn't been an assemblance of, of any defense, really. I mean, you look at what these teams... We made Nick Mullins a goddamn household name. You know what I mean? Like, that should piss you off, Raider fan. You know what I mean? And that should piss you off at Paul Gunther. Like, so, anyways... You got anything else? Any other questions? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I asked. Um, If only they had Travis. I don't have any opinions about this stuff, though, really. If only they had Travis, Jim, Carey, they'd be a lot better. Uh, (laughs) Do you think Gunther is more motivated knowing that that, that Marinelli's behind him? Or do you think he's like, all right, screw you, John. If if you're going to do that, then I'm like, you know, whatever. What do you think? I think you got to be motivated. Just like we know that Derek is more motivated with Mariota. I mean, how would you feel if somebody was behind you? I know what I would be like. I mean, it would it would depend if I really want. I guess want, it depends on their, their mindset. Yeah, if you really want your at. job, you want to be the yeah. defensive coordinator yeah. of the Raiders, yeah. you know what I mean? Then, yeah, it's going to motivate you. And really, when you look at successful coordinators become head coaches. So what's his long-term plan? His long-term plan, I'm sure, is to become a head coach in the NFL. Well, if your defense balls out, then you have a chance of becoming a head coach. If it sucks and you get replaced by Marinelli, guess what? You're going to be a freaking you know what I mean? A DB coach some in Cleveland next year or well, whatever. We, but we know he can put together good defenses because he did it in, in, in Cincinnati. And so you know, with, with Littleton and uh, we'll hold the tight end who can't catch a Kowski at the other spot in linebacker <laughs> with the, and the Abram there safety. You know, he has the pieces now, so it, it'll be interesting to see what he does. That's what but, that th- just like you were talking about earlier, offensively, how we were set up like now, like yeah. Derek's got more. There, there is no more excuses for Derek. He's got yep, the weapons. He's yep. got the pieces in place. Same thing with Gunther. Like, you have a legit, not only just one legit linebacker, but you have, like, three. You know what I mean? And you have depth at defensive line. I mean, Malik Collins, Carl Nassib, like, you start looking across the board here at, at the players that we have in that front seven. Yes, we're younger in the secondary, but by all accounts, the they're looking good in camp. And um, You know what I mean? So, there's a lot more for him to to work with than there has been yet. So, you know, do I expect the Raiders to be a top 10 defense this year? No. Do I think he should be fired if they're not? No. But can we be 28th in the league again? No. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Middle, middle of the pack, bare minimum middle of the pack. Right. That's what you want to see. Or, or defense shouldn't be costing us games. If they can just keep us in games, keep us within 20 points or, so, or you know, holding 20 points, something like that, then we should be okay. Or create turnovers. Like, to me, that's yeah, been the yeah. biggest thing, is that, like, let's create some dang turnovers. Let's create some additional opportunities for this defense. I love it. John Gruden said it the other day. You know, there's no rules against us scoring on defense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because aside from Eric Harris, who else scores on defense for us? 
Yeah. Nobody. Well, that, one guy, that, that one guy used to, but uh, we don't talk about well, that one guy used to. Yeah, that one guy. All right. So, so, so all right. So, uh, so let's go jump back to the offense real quick and then close this thing down. I uh, appreciate all of you checking us out here for the Raiders fan radio rundown. Sonny, this is one of our best friends. We met this guy at the Bolivik, at the Bolivnikov, at the Bolivnikov dinner this year. It's what's typically the, the biggest hurdle for rookie receivers um, to get over and how confident. I suppose I should say this is Greg Olson. Are you and Brian and Henry able to hit the ground running with one? Well, you know, part of it is that they say that, you know, going to the pro level uh, on game day, you know, the environment. And and maybe thankfully a little bit this year with no fans in this opener that it'll feel like a a scrimmage for them. So uh, the biggest hurdle, I think, is game day and all the, uh, you know, you look at the distractions that are uh, around later in the week on a game day. Uh, having to get tickets to your family and friends, deal with the crowd uh, on the road. Uh, I think there's a lot of those situations they will not have to go through this year. So uh, hopefully it'll feel like a scrimmage for those guys. But be prepared for just the enormity of a game day in the NFL. Good stuff there. Yeah, so I, I love Ole, man. When we signed him, everybody was like, well, why are we signing a, an offensive coordinator? Because isn't Gruden the de facto offensive coordinator? But, you know, my opinion back then and still remains the same, like, yeah, but he needed a brain trust. Like, he needed someone else to help him. Watch film, break down film, you know what I mean, strategize. Have, you got to have that person to bounce stuff off of. You know what I mean? And I feel that, like, that's that that's Olsen's role in all of this is to be that that counter to Gruden to maybe question him at least present new ideas fresh eyes on things like you know I, th- I think he really serves a really important uh, role for John Gruden and, and that was a great observation there from him is that this is all like the distractions that come throughout the normal course of a week aren't going to be there for these rookies and this might actually for this rookie class not just the Raiders but all of the NFL this might be like a, you know, like a like when you open a new business, you call it a soft opening. Where like you open, but you don't tell anybody that you're open. So you just kind of like start to learn how to kind of do things, and then and then you have your grand opening and your ribbon cutting, and then everybody's kind of seasoned already. Everybody's like ready to ready to go. I kind of feel like that's what this is for these guys. Like it's kind of like the soft opening. Like it's a it's a just a glorified preseason almost in terms of environment, but yet the games count. Yeah, I you know I really respect. Greg Olson, you know, when we met him at the Blitnikoff Foundation, he had heard of my Madden gameplay and he was asking me some plays <laughs> that I drew up. And so I, uh, you know, I slipped him a couple of plays on some napkins and told him, you know, hit this receiver on four verticals and stuff like that. You so told him run since, Jacoby Ford on drag routes. <laughs> ever since then, I've had a great respect for Greg Olson. And, and, and he makes a great point. You know, if you're a rookie wide receiver on a big third down playing in a, in a visiting or you're the visitor, and you're down by six, and you need a huge catch, and that stadium is going nuts. And yeah, they've been to Bama, and yeah, they've been to college, but you're in the NFL. You're you're in the the prime time. Like it doesn't get any any higher than that. Even though Alabama could probably whoop up on 17 teams, and definitely that team with that one wide receiver who likes to get pooped on for a living. But but you're still you're you're in the top top top. <laughs> Out the Cleveland Steamers, you're in the top league. You know what I'm saying? And so he makes a great point. <laughs> Odell. Anyway, um, he makes a great point in that they're not going to have that pressure to have to overcome screaming fans at him and stuff like that. Or if they drop a pass and all of a sudden the fans start ribbing him, like they're not going to have to go through that. And so that's a great point. I didn't even think, really think about it until now. 
Yeah, good stuff there from Olsen, man. So, all right, gosh dang, it brings us to the end of, uh, end of this episode of The Rundown. But before we move on, I got this. we got breaking news, man. I wish we had a breaking news button. Breaking news from Mark Davis himself, your best friend. My best friend. Should should we all gaze upon those that we love the way that Mark Davis gazes upon Sonny at the Belenikoff right. Foundation Dinner Awards? Mark Davis says, this is cool, dude. I'm excited to announce that Marcel Reese will be joining the Las Vegas Raiders executive team as a senior advisor to the owner and president. In this role, he will be reporting directly to myself and team president Mark Bedane. Marcel will also help to develop, implement, and manage many of the exciting programs we have in store as we begin a new era in Las Vegas. Welcome home, Marcel. Dude. That's legit, man. That's one of our all-timers right there, man. All-time favorite players has been Marcel Reese through a lot of the dark times of the Raiders. Uh, he was a very, very bright spot. Uh, he was the only non-kicker to represent us in the Pro Bowl. Like, Marcel Reese is a freaking, that's a made man in terms of Raider Nation. And to know now that he's going to work for the team and he's going to be advising Bedane and Davis directly, that's pretty solid, man. Good call there, Mark Davis. And uh, congratulations, uh, Marcel Reese. Murph, I just sent you a link in the chat on the Zoom call we're at. Check it out while I'm, I'm talking about this. Okay. Um. The only person that Mark Davis looks at potentially with more, uh, you know, flattery. Oh my gosh! Reese, look at that. Other than me, same same look, right? I mean, he's looking at Reese like he's looking at me, right? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put those in a side by side. Maybe and, do a do a do a public vote. Do a public yeah, vote. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who does Mark love more? <laughs> <laughs> On September 26, 2016, Mark Davis said this about Marcel Reese. Today is a sad day for the Raider family and entire Raider nation. My father once said that I would have a tough time running this organization because I was too close to the players, and that rings true today. Marcel Reese has been a pillar of the organization for nine years and was the glue that held us together during a tough transition after my father's passing. He helped put us on the upward path we are on today, and his leadership will be sorely missed. The motto, once a Raider, always a Raider, has never been more appropriate. When Marcel finishes his playing career, there will always be a spot for him within the Raider organization. Uh -huh. Until then, I wish only the best for Marcel and his entire family. Now, look, man, Davis gets a lot of crap. Odell? Davis gets a lot of stuff thrown his way from his haircut, from the van, from where he likes to eat, from his odd whatever. But this guy is a man of his word, and he stands by his stuff. So here it is four years ago. He's literally saying when he's done with his career, there will be a spot for him. And here we are four wow. years later, and now there's a spot for him. I got that's that's awesome. That's and freaking he, cool, dude. And, and this is why Reese has been one of our he's always been one of our favorites, right? Not because on Madden he was a matchup nightmare, but because he wore the shield. He wore the owl shield underneath his clothes, you know, his jersey and stuff. Like he yeah. was a Raider. And this is freaking bad. This is like the Raiders of old getting the players within the organization who love Raider nation, who love the Raiders, who love the mission uh, of being, you know, social justice change warriors and stuff like that for the NFL. Like I freaking, I can't love this more, man. It's freaking awesome. That's so awesome. Well, very, very well said, man. I appreciate that. And you know, dude, like I'll never forget 
Uh, and I, if I could share a personal experience with our listeners, you know, Sonny was out. I live in Middle Tennessee now. Of course, we're both originally from the Bay Area, but now I live in Tennessee. He lives in Oregon. Uh, but Sonny came out for a uh, Raiders Titans game, and uh, and we went to the game. We got there early, and we went down, you know, to the to the end zone there while the Raiders were doing their warm ups, and we were just kind of hanging out around the the you know in in the stands there, uh, just all the way down there at, at field level uh, at, at, in front of the end zone and while the different players were warming up and Marcel Reese was was he was warming up down there practicing like toe tap catches in the back of the end zone and I was wearing a Marcel Reese jersey and he came over uh, after he got done with his warm-up he came out right over to us and he looked up at me and he goes hey man let me get that jersey and I was like yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, so he, I, he initiated it. He initi- you. He yeah, did. he did, yeah. and I, we yeah. were just watching. And I oh. took my jersey off, and there was a kid standing next to me. And I go, "Hey, can I borrow your sharpie?" And he goes, "Yes." Yeah. So we hand him, and so I hand him the sharpie and and the and the jersey down. And then immediately after, he looked up at you, and you handed him your hat, and he signed yep. your hat. And it was just like so freaking cool. Like that's the kind of stuff that like you would see in like a training camp or something like that, but like pregame on the road, like to do something like that, like what a cool gesture. And that Jersey is hung up behind me forever here in the fan cave. I've only, you know, moved it because of, we got Compton live here in the fan cave. You know what I mean? So we put the Compton Jersey up, but, but it's hanging over to my right here, man. And that, and the way he signed it. And you know what the thing that the telling thing and to wrap this whole thing up, not only did he sign it, Marcel Reese 45, but he wrote Raider nation. Yeah. It's all about Raider Nation to that guy. Always has been, man. So I, I agree. I echo uh, everything uh, Sonny said. Are you gonna are you gonna put the put the Reese back where Compton is? Do I need to? Compton's cool. You, you need to, bro. Compton was cool, but like, come on, Reese, especially now that he's like an active member of yeah, the Yeah, but he's never been here stuff. in the fan cave. Compton, okay, but Compton was a raider for like 10 minutes. Yeah, but he well, it was a good raider. He was at the time but the but best he, middle linebacker we've ever had since Kirk Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a Raider for, I mean, Reese, bro. Come on. You got to put Reese back know, up there, man. I might have to. I might have to. Yeah. I might have to do it. I might have to do a, do a dual thing there. I might have to, yeah. go, go put Compton in Swag's uh, second room when him and his wife aren't getting along, you know? <laughs> there's, there's no room for it. It's cluttered with Mariota stuff. <laughs> I'll never leave. Oh, uh, well, yeah. He'll <laughs> have Popeye sized forearms. Anyway. Hey. <laughs> All right, Raider Nation, we appreciate you joining us here at Merce Fan Cave for this episode of The Rundown. Uh, man, this is a lot of fun, man. We're, g- we're going to bring these to you every other uh, every other Friday. And uh, so look for that in your Murph's Fan Cave feed. That is M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Please do us a solid and rate uh, rate, rate the show. Uh, subscribe to it. You can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. Cousin Sonny, man. Thanks for coming in tonight, bro. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, man, of course. So you got anything for Raider Nation before we get out of here? Hey, it's week one. The Raiders have a young nucleus, and uh, don't let the first game get you two down or two up, you know? It's going to be, you know, we're we're building. I know we've been building for a long time, but I guess you're always building until you win the Super Bowl, right? There you go. Until we beat the Chiefs anyways, right? Which might be our Super Bowl. Yeah, in KC. That's right. And, 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 And this year will determine if Carr is or not our quarterback moving forward. Amen. So keep it up, Josh DeBeau. Sick burn. Good night, Raider Nation. Peace. 
Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from. From a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture. And whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective. And open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.